Good morning. Happy good morning. <laughs> it, it's kind of a rainy, dreary day. I love rainy days. I know, me too. But you know, I'd rather be out building the studio. <laughs> I know, but sometimes it's like, I feel like I could live in like Washington. Where it rains, rains all, the, all time. the time. I love rain. Oh, not me. Not me. I mean, I don't like it being super hot, but I mean, right now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we have the walls up and we need to put the roof on the studio and it's going to be downpouring rain for the next four days. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now they're saying until like Thursday of next week. Fantastic. Great. A whole week of it. Yep. Whatever. We need the moisture. <laughs> hey, so on Instagram, we, what is our Instagram? The Suspended Sentence Podcast. On Instagram. I love the crime scene true crime podcast community. I know. I absolutely love it. The people who are reaching out and supporting us like in the podcast community is actually pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I want to do a shout out right now to three different podcasters that we've like talked to and have been getting to know. Yeah. That have listened to our podcast, have feedback that we have, you know, this dialogue back and forth with about cases that we're doing and things that we've done that I like really like it means a lot from podcaster to podcaster to be like constructive criticism back and forth and and hey let's do an episode together and I love this yeah I love this seriously this Spotify podcast community yeah like it's phenomenal I agree yeah and everybody has been so kind and 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 the, the comments and, and the flooding like with likes and like sending messages and yeah and just it's phenomenal. So these are the three shout outs that I want to do to do to do today. Today. Hashtag murder. Yes. Love your show. Love what you're doing. One nothing podcast. Woo. <laughs> Get it. Phenomenal. And Kelly's Coffee Crime Chat. Girl. She's so sweet. They're she's, all so sweet, but she is yeah. so sweet. You guys are killing it. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. No, I mean, like, <laughs> it is phenomenal. It is absolutely amazing, like, just that people reach out and that, that our community is... Yeah, and that's not a competition, and we're talking about, like... No. Oh, you... I like how you covered this case. I'm working on my notes for this. Like, what where did you, where did you find this? this information? Yeah, I love it. It's great. And like you just said, that there's not that competition, or but it's support. Yeah. It's, I'm liking your stuff. We're liking, you know, I mean, back and forth. We're listening. We're supporting each other. We're helping each other. We're collaborating. Yeah. We're, it's, We've got some exciting things in the works. Oh, so. my gosh. We've got some really cool things happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love it. I absolutely love it. That is the one thing that <clears throat> I did not expect in doing a podcast. Me too. Was the sense of community and support and absolute love that is shared between podcasters. Yeah, I know. Like, it's phenomenal. It's I, great. And what else is really cool is how seriously we all take this. Yeah. Like, this isn't about, clearly it's not about money, right? right? Because none of us are making, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I mean, this is not, but we're all super passionate about what we're doing. Yeah. And telling someone's story. And we're trying to do justice in telling the story. And it's very cool. It's really cool. So I'm actually kind of touched this morning by the messages and people who have been victims of crimes that are reaching out to us in in the Instagram platform. It's phenomenal. You guys, go follow this page. It's really cool. It's really cool the sense of people helping people and social responsibility and social interactions and just that people are coming together in a really crappy situation but the love and support that we're that we're giving to each other and women woo I know women loving women supporting women doing I I uh, seriously I'm moved by it this morning yeah some of the messages that we're getting are I know um one one nothing podcast. We actually were talking about that like last night, and she was like, "I love like podcast supporting podcasts, like the women run, like women doing this, like and supporting each other." Yeah, I mean, like really supporting each other. Mm-hmm. So huge shout out to them again. Hashtag murder. 
One Nothing Podcast and Kelly's Coffee Crime Chat. You guys are killing it. You guys are doing great. Yes. Keep Thanks doing- for the support Thanks. and yeah. being a part of our little tribe. Absolutely. And I am so excited to collaborate with some of these people and do shows together. And And I love that technology has put us in a position that we can. That you can be wherever and like talk to people and build relationships with people. And Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I I am Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is The Suspended Sentence. What are we going to talk about today, Miss Samantha? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's our our singing music interlude. Yeah, you're welcome for that. (laughs) So, I want to start this with, in the early 1990s, in suburban Long Island, was known for Italian restaurants, big hair, beauty parlors, Sprawling malls, lavish cookouts, and Oyster Bay. But in May of 1992... Wait, that sounds like the 80s. <laughs> 1990. That sounds like the 80s, though. That's great. That was like a little throwback to my, to my era. <laughs> but in May of 1992, it became known for a teenager who fell in love with a middle-aged man who brutally would shoot his wife out of a jealous rage. Oh my god, I know this one. Amy Fisher! Yes, we've kind of talked about her a little bit. Um, before and I did say then I want to cover this more in depth because it's so wild it's wild so Amy Fisher was born August 21st 1974 and she grew up in New York and was 16 years old when she would meet Joey Buffetcha yep but in May of 1991 he was owning he owned the family um, car shop so he was a mechanic and that May Amy would go with her family to get the car fixed Amy and her dad drove out to the car shop and this would be the first time that she would lay eyes on Joey. Blech. So giving you a little bit of information about our our boy Joey here. So he married his wife, Mary Jo, after they met in high school. So they were high school sweethearts. Um, they had built a nice life together. Joey liked, um, like I said, was working at the family auto shop. They were making good money. And in the beginning of their marriage, they were both using drugs pretty heavily. But then Mary Jo found out that she was pregnant. And she was like, okay... Done. Done with the drugs. Mm-hmm. And she had no trouble stopping the drug use because she, yeah. her, the love for her child was more than I love that. Than that. But Joey, on the other hand, had continued to do drugs. He heavily used cocaine with friends and would do it behind Mary Jo's back. Okay. Um, so she gave an ultimatum to Joey and said that it was either the family or the drugs. Like, he had to pick because couldn't keep doing this. Right. He chose his family, he went to rehab, um, and when he was done, he was like the man that she had met in high school. She was like, he's back to my old Joey. They were happy, or so Mary Jo thought. Okay. After seeing Joey at the auto body shop, um, Amy could not stop thinking about him and decided to bring her own car to the auto shop. Uh, Uh, Let's remember, she's 16. Let's bring this back. Yeah, I was just thinking, how old is he? (laughs) I mean, He's like 36 at this time. Awesome. So. Scumbag. Yuck. So she had been driving a Dodge Dakota that has seen its fair share of accidents. Um, Joey would repair them, and then Amy later would admit that she would purposely get into little little accidents so that she had to continue to go back to the auto shop. Intentionally. Yeah, so she would go back quite often to see Joey. Oh my god. So she was telling people at school that her and Joey were a thing, um, that she would do anything that she could to be able to see him, including like... Like I said, getting in small car accidents to be able to go to the auto shop. I'm just, I'm just thinking, like as a parent's point of view, like what? Okay, this is the seventh time you've had to take your car to the auto shop this yeah, month. Maybe I'm taking your keys. Maybe you're not responsible enough for a car. Right. Oh my gosh. So I couldn't find exactly how or when it happened, but they did end up sleeping together. Joey and Amy did. So let's remember, like 36 year old man and the 16 year old child. <sighs> Um, and they would start a full-blown affair that would last the next year and a half. Jesus Christ. So not only was uh, Joey a crappy husband at this point, but he was also really bad to Amy. Um, she would ask him for money, and he informed her that she just needed to become an escort to make money, and that he would help her find clients to get her business going for her. <laughs> So for dramatic effect, once again, she's 16. Right, and now he's going to be her pimp. He has so much respect for you that he wants you to go fuck other guys. So not only is he like doing... And he'll find guys for you to go out with because he has so much respect and love for you. Yeah. He's gross. 
So on the morning of May 19th, 1992, Amy was driven to Joey's house after pretending that she was sick so that she could leave school early. She would walk up to the door, ring the doorbell to see if Mary Jo was home. Mary Jo came to the door and Amy told her that her name was Anne Marie and that she was there um, to tell her that Joey was having an affair with her younger sister. Surprise, Amy does not have a younger sister. So Mary Jo was taken back by the situation and felt, um, but she said it kind of felt off. She was like, this just random child shows up at my door and is right. telling me she's sleeping with your sister. Like, what the heck? Um, and her, um, she asked Amy where she lived and she said, named a street, but then pointed in the opposite direction of where that street was. She was like, right there. And so she was like, none of this is adding up. Like, mm-hmm. you're not giving me like details on anything. You're... Right. Clearly don't even know the area, like, what's happening. She saw a black thunderbird with a young man um, parked on the street behind Amy. And Mary Jo asked how young her sister was because at this point Amy's 17, so it's been a year of their affair. And she's like, she looks really young. So how young is your sister? And she said that her sister was 16 and that she had proof of the affair and handed Mary Jo a shirt from Joey's auto body shop. Okay. She said that she had found the shirt in her little sister's bed, and Mary then um, would ask more questions, but did not feel like she was getting any real information, so she made a smart-ass comment to Amy and turned to walk away. I don't know what the smart-ass comment was, but both of them were like, I've made like an offhanded comment, like... Right. Which, I don't know how I would react, but like, from the from the display of this action, like... I'd probably be like, what are you even talking about? Like, you don't know the area. Like, you're not giving me any details. You're not answering any of my questions. But you showed up here to tell me, like. Right. (sighs) I don't know. So she turns to walk away. I think men are scumbags. So I would instantly believe it. And I would be like, well, let's go together and confront him then. Yeah. Let's go get your sister and let's go confront him. I mean, the thought would never cross my mind this kid is lying, ever. But yeah. just because, I mean, my history with men and the things that... <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Like, I think that men are... Most of them are complete scumbags. So the the thought in my head would never cross, like, she's lying. I would be like, okay, let's validate this. Yeah. Well... But that's me, and that's my personal <laughs> bullshit, you know? That's, yeah. I mean... Yeah, and I mean, Mary Jo, she thought, like, he had gone to rehab, like, they're happy, they're... Right. In her head, she thought that her husband was the man she fell in love with in high school. Right. But he's not. But he's not. Because, sorry. so (laughs) So, like I said, she turns to walk away, and it was at this time that Amy would lift up a gun and shoot Mary Jo in the head. Wow. Um, Mary Jo fell onto her front steps while Amy would run to that black Thunderbird that was parked behind her, driven by a man named Paul, and they left the quiet suburban neighborhood. Wow. Neighbors, obviously, like I said, it's a quiet little suburban neighborhood, so neighbors heard the gunshot and went out and saw Mary Jo bleeding on her front step and called 911. She had to be flown from her neighborhood to the hospital because, I mean, it's a face gunshot wound. Yeah. Her jaw had been completely shattered and the nerves in her face were extremely damaged, leaving part of her face paralyzed. Um, her carotid artery was also severed. And the bullet, to this day, is still in, um, in her neck an inch away from her spine. Holy they God. were never able to remove it. Wow. So, the chances of survival for Mary Jo were really slim. Obviously, her carotid artery was severed. And even um, if she, she, even at the hospital, they believed that she was going to at least be blind due to the injuries. They also thought she was going to be deaf and paralyzed. Yeah. So, um, so it was actually her mother that made the decision that we're going to fight for her. Not Joey, her mother. What do you mean fight for her? Because they were like, she's either going to die or she's going to be blind. Like, outcomes don't look good. Oh. And her parents were, her parents were like, her mom was like, no, she's going to undergo these operations. We're going to do whatever we can to give her, A, her life, B, a life that's livable. She's like a mother. Like, we're going to fight for this. Once again, her mother, not Joey, fighting for that. Weird. So Mary, I'm so shocked. Right? We're all really shocked. 
So Mary Jo would be operated for the next seven hours in an attempt to remove the bullet, which, like I said, to this day is still on her neck. Um, but they were able to save her life. That was, I mean, the first biggest. Yeah. And Amy should be extremely grateful for that because now she is not facing murder charges. Straight up. So Mary Jo woke up to a nurse telling her everything that happened to her. Which to me, like, how this is described now is she, like, wakes up from surgery and this nurse is like, Mary Jo, you were shot! Mary Jo, you were shot! Oh my gosh, somebody came up to your house and shot you in the face! And I'm like, can we, like, maybe, like, yeah, let not. her wake up and not, like, re-traumatize her the moment she comes out of surgery? Yeah, seriously. Like, what? Oh, yeah. So, Joey was at the hospital at this time playing the devoted loving husband, asking what more could have done been done for his wife like what who could have know, done this they don't know who did it yet yeah oh my gosh i'm this devoted loving amazing husband right so at this point mary joe couldn't speak because her mouth had to be wired shot due to her mm-hmm. jaw um so she motioned for them to hand her something she could write on and she wrote 19 year old girl Anne marie auto body t-shirt this t-shirt would become a major focus in this investigation because this was a new design that Joey had just gotten that he'd only given to one customer, Amy's dad. Jesus. Wow, that was really hard to figure out. Yeah. Like, they're just kind of stupid. They're just kind of dumb. So they showed Mary Jo a photo of Amy after they figured out that the only person that had that shirt was her father. And this is still, like, Mary Jo's in the hospital recovering from all of this. They show her a picture, and she was identified as her attacker. Wow. So, I mean, good for Mary Jo to, like, remember all of this and, like, advocate for herself Mm -hmm. because her husband's trash garbage. But that's not very nice. But he is. He's trash garbage. No, he is. The man that's supposed to protect you and take care of you and love you and honor you and you know, is your biggest betrayal. Yeah. Like, seriously, there's a special place in hell reserved for you. Uh, and this is... Okay, just keep going. I'm so... Uh. So this, um, at this point, the, like, uh, Mary Jo and Joey had two kids. And they lived pretty close to their school. Mm-hmm. And later it came out that... Which is like... Ugh, this kills me. Um... They had a rule that the kids had to be, like, a certain age before they could, like, ride their bikes to school. Like, that's pretty standard. And this was the first day that their kids were going to be able to ride their bike to school was the day that she was shot. And her son was like, I don't know, Mom. I don't want to ride my bike. Can you just take me? And she's like, no. Like, you've been, like, wanting to do this. Like, you're riding your bike. Like, get your stuff. You're riding your bike. And he's like, I just have a bad feeling about today. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. Can you please take me to school? And this happened, like, right after the kids left. Oh, my God. Which, like, I always find it so, like, heartbreaking and kind of, like, creepy in a sense when kids, like, have premonitions of things like that. Intuitions that, yeah. And are like, no, something bad's gonna happen. Like, mommy, don't, like, don't let me, don't make me do this. As a mom, I always pay attention to that. It's weird. It happens often. Like, parents and kids have, like, yeah. it freaks me out a little bit. Sixth sense. Seriously, it kind of freaks me out. Right. So, Joey said um, that he only knew Amy because he had done some work on her father's car and hers as well. Um, but <laughs> but Amy was arrested after they asked Joey to call her and ask to meet somewhere to talk. Because they were like, the police were like, bullshit, you don't just only know her from working on her car. Like, right. you don't just work on some teenage car girl's car and then they don't just show up to kill your wife. Like, no. that's, there's more to the story here. Right. So, the police were like, you call Amy... Tell her you need to talk to her and meet somewhere, and it's going to be like a sting operation, and we're going to get her. Uh-huh. So he does. He calls her. She shows up. Right, because he's innocent. Right. You know, I mean, he, narcissist. Oh, Seriously. Man. So, obviously, Amy jumped at the chance to go see Joey. Right. I mean, she's been getting him, per- like, purposeful car accidents to go see Joey. And just shot his wife on her front steps. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And got in her car to go up and meet him. So the cops arrested her as soon as she arrived and she was held for 12 hours trying to get her to confess. Um, she did not go home that night and her parents were never made aware that she had been arrested Oops. until the next day. Oh, wow. 
But apparently, I don't think this is the case now. Cause so he, she didn't she didn't give any information, so they couldn't hold her. Right. How did they even do that interview with a minor without parental well, so consent? So this is the thing. Apparently, in the nineties, seventeen, you were considered like an adult in the legal standing of interviewing. Oh. Okay. Which is interesting, and that's why they were like, we're not calling her parents. She's 17 now. We don't have to call her parents. Nice. Which now is not the case. You have to have your parents there. Yeah. But So it wasn't until, like I said, the next morning that her parents were notified. Um, she didn't confess anything at first until almost at the right at the end of her 12-hour interview. She said Joey knew that she was going to his house that morning, and she was going to kill his wife, and he encouraged her to do it. But when she, um, but then she said the gun went off on accident. Then she said that she hit Mary Jo in the gun with, and the gun just accidentally went off. So she just like she was like, no, I was, I was for sure going to kill his wife, and then she was like, no, 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 it was, an, it was accident. an accident. Okay, no, she threatened me, so I hit her with the back of the gun, and it just went off. I didn't mean to shoot her. Mm-hmm. We see it time and time again. Yeah. So it, I mean, little girl, it doesn't matter. Why would you have a gun if you weren't intending to use it? Yeah. You're not even old enough to own a gun, sweetheart. Literally. And her husband to like not be doing, to know exactly what the fuck happened and to be silent and just be like, oh, I don't know. Like literally fuck off. Seriously. He's gross. He's really gross. He's more than gross. <clears throat> so, like you said, she wasn't even old enough to own a gun. Yeah. So how'd she get a gun? Right. So Amy had been asking around a few people at school. At school. Of to help her kill Mary Jo. She was turned down, but people would turn her down, but then one of her classmates said he had a friend of a friend who could get her a gun. Awesome. So that's cute. So they turn her down, but nobody, nobody goes and tells anybody. Nobody says, right. hey, maybe this is... You know, and it's it's 1992. This isn't like... The Middle Ages. The, it, well, it wasn't even the 70s or the 80s where it was like, oh my gosh, you have a, a older boyfriend. How cute. Whatever. It's, you know, 1992. Yeah. Okay? Where we all know that this is completely inappropriate and nobody says anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody tells their parents. Or, no, I'm not going to come help you murder her, but I will help you find somebody that will help you murder her. Right. I got your back, girl. Right. We're, we're raising great kids. Yeah. Yuck. Shout out to all those parents. Seriously. So she offered a man, the friend of the friend, um, the man's name was Stephen, who was 21. She told him that she would have sex with him and give him money to help her kill Mary Jo. So together... They stalked the home and would try to figure out uh, Mary Jo's daily routine. What kind of... Okay. So all of these, like, like, men... (laughs) Men. Let's use that word literally. Like, that's the thing that I'm like, okay, so really, she just has to offer to have sex with you and you guys are... Okay, whatever you want. Yeah, that's pretty much apparently how it goes. She's Apparently. a child. Jesus Christ. I get that she's 17, but she's a child. And it doesn't matter if she's 17 or if she's 30. Like, come on. And I get that Steven was 21. That's a significantly, like, closer in age than fucking nasty-ass Joey. But, like, it's still gross. You know, there's this joke, right, that, that everybody says that a man's with men, like, only one head works at the same, t- at a time, whatever. But literally, come on. Seriously. That's all it takes. I'll have sex with you. Like, sex is that hard to get. Will you help me murder get? my 30-something-year-old boyfriend's wife if I just, like... Right. Who has no idea that who's done nothing, who has no idea what a scumbag her husband is. Who's just like a nice little stay-at-home wife, like taking care of their children, cleaning his house, preparing his meals. Supporting and loving him so that he could be a whatever. So that he can, I'm sorry, put his ticket a fucking child. Well, and if it... (laughs) And, and who knows who else. Seriously. Because, if he's doing it with her, he's probably doing it with yeah, other people. Yeah, because the one time you catch him, there's 50 times that you didn't. Straight facts. So after she's arrested, after Amy's arrested, Mary Jo, it dawns on her that she's met her before. Do you know this? 
because mm-hmm. I know you know this case a little bit. Because we were, when you were asking me what we what I was working on, I was like, oh, I'm going to cover Amy Fisher, and you were like, I remember this happening. Yeah. She remembered that she knew her because, and as one of their original plans, Stephen drove Amy to her house a few weeks prior to this happening. Stephen hid in the bushes with a rifle, and Amy went to the door, rung the doorbell, and pretended that she was trying to sell her sell candy bars for a school fundraiser. Mary Jo's a mother with kids in school. She's like, oh, this like child is just out here selling candy bars. And she was like, I've been doing this all day. I have three candy bars left. Like, I want to be done. Like, will you please buy these last three candy bars? And she was like, yes, come in. Like, let me get my checkbook. Oh, my Amy gosh. was in their home. Like, walked in. But then Stephen chickened out and didn't take the shot. That's the only reason she was not shot that day. So Amy had been in her home. So pretending like this was, like, not very planned out and her playing dumb you were in this woman's home jesus christ (laughs) like what is wrong with you so they had tried this like i said a few weeks well this is what's wrong with her is she's a little girl she's a little girl fucking with with a grown-ass man who knows exactly the emotional state the psychological development the everything of this child, child, who is complete, and and literally, I mean, like, I think most women can kind of relate to this a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, when we love someone, we can get a little out of line yeah. <laughs> as far as, you know, especially, you know, like, if we're, you know, like, really care about a dude and love him or well, whatever. Well, and I think that... Like, their next girlfriend or their whatever, like, we kind of get a little crazy with stalking them and, I mean, not stalking, but, but like, like... Instagram fault, like... Just that curiosity, yeah. whatever. This is his fault. I agree he with that. He knew what he was doing. I agree with that. I think that, like, they're both at fault, but I think oh. that Joey 100%, like, because there is a big narrative, a lot of people that are like... Well, she was just so groomed and da-da-da-da. She didn't know what she was doing. She was 17. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. She is just as responsible for what happened. 100%. But he orchestrated it. And he knew, he knew it. Like, we don't know. He probably was like, well, if my wife would just go away, like. Men know what they're uh, doing. Like, you can't. We could be together. You can't have sexual relations with a woman and not have her get attached to you. Yeah. You can't do that. They know that. They know what the hell they're doing. And they manipulate that, take advantage of that, and capitalize on that. Yeah. Because, and I'm not, like, I'm kind of going hard on men right now today, but literally, like, come on. Mm -hmm. Require something of yourself. Be responsible for the way that you interact with people. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Well, so after Amy was arrested, a lot of men would come forward saying that she had asked them to help kill Mary Jo. Oh, afterwards, a lot of people came forward. Isn't that cute? Mm -hmm. A lot of men, in air quotes. One of these men would come forward with a sex tape that he had of him and Amy and said that he didn't know that she was a minor when he hired her as an escort. So not, he was not charged with anything. Oh, she they, actually did yeah. start an escort yeah. service. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, did he, husband of the year help get he her did. clients? Uh-huh. Yep. So the thing about this and is... And what was his payoff for that? I don't know. He probably got a cut. It was, he was a freaking pimp. Jesus That's Christ. What, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. And she loved him so much that she did what he wanted him to do or yeah. her to do. That's cute. So the man that came forward with a sex tape, because once again, she's a minor. Like, this is child pornography is what this is. And you're having statutory rape. She was 16 when this video was filmed. He was not charged with anything because they were like, oh, this will be good for our case. He <sighs> he made nothing. a plea deal probably that said, if you Here's give my us sex this, tape. then we won't prosecute you. Jesus Christ. But I have a problem with that, too, on it's in a completely different situation. I do, too. So, Mary was completely pushed in the shadows. Her story, you and I have talked about this, her story was not given the light that it deserved because everybody was so focused on Amy Amy being this, Mm -hmm. like, sex-crazed 
teenager luring men with her like beauty and she is that she's a beautiful woman she was beautiful she's beautiful mm-hmm. um but amy's story her being a victim this has she did nothing wrong no mary was just nothing. at home minding her business being a good and wife. her story was completely overshadowed by amy absolutely i remember that and that's why i was like when i was researching all this because i was like it's all just about amy all of it is about mm-hmm. amy And I asked Tracy about that, and she was like, no, it was. Yeah. So back when this happened, right, I I graduated from high school in 1994. Um, I can't believe I said that. (laughs) Um, I was 17 when I graduated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And social media was not a thing. Right. I mean, it wasn't. So, I mean, it was papers or, or whatever. But, I mean, we, I knew about it. I knew about it then. Yeah. But I didn't even know the wife's name. I mean, everybody knows who Amy Fisher is, but, I mean, who? What's her name? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, nobody, nobody knew. Yeah, because it was just this, like, sensation. They made it about all about sex. Yeah. And to this day, when you research it, it's all about the sex. Well, that's, I mean, that's I mean, sex what it sells, is. but. Oh, well, and it, you know, clearly motivates men to do things that. Mm-hmm. So Joey would stand by his story that he never touched Amy and he had never had sex with her. Oh my God, whatever. So unlike the public, like we said, there was this whole like, no, 100%, they were having sex, this like scandalous affair, da-da-da-da-da narrative that everyone, which is true, it's not just a narrative, but what was pushed to the media, the public was very against Joey. They were like, he's disgusting, he groomed her, da-da-da-da-da. And he didn't protect his family. 100%. Commissioned of God. He did not protect his his family, his wife and his children. Yeah. But unlike the public, Mary Jo would stand behind her husband. What? Mm-hmm. So while Amy was what? in... What? Yep, we'll get into it more. While Amy was in jail, her family was approached and offered $80,000 to sell the rights to Amy's story. Um, so this was right, like, literally a month before a month away from the Son of Sam laws going into effect, mm-hmm. which deems it unconstitutional for those um, to profit off your story when it comes to a crime that you are convicted of. Yeah. So we've talked about that before. Like, yeah. all these people that release books about, like, their side of the story about a murder and stuff, they can't profit from that. If they have a co-author, the co-author can profit from it. Right. But you, if you're convicted, cannot claim money for that. And this is right when this law is going into effect. Mm-hmm. By the skin of her teeth, she made this deal before it went into law. She used that money to get out of jail. Because she couldn't pay her bail. Now she can. She got $80,000. So she also made a deal to to plead guilty of aggravated assault instead of attempted murder if she told more about what happened between her and Joey to get a reduced sentence. You're waiting for me to respond to that, aren't you? <laughs> aggravated assault. Yeah. Yeah. Aggravated assault. Um, plea deals. Uh, come on. Why are we making plea and why deals? are we going after... Why are we being lazy with the judicial system that our tax-paying money supports? And I'm sorry. And finances. Why are we focusing on, ooh, we gotta get Joey. We All you've got on Joey is statutory rape. You have no proof he did anything. So why are we going after statutory rape, which is at best a couple of years in jail, compared to a attempted murder charge? Right. Like usually a plea deal is like to catch a bigger fish. Why are we letting the bigger fish go for the smaller fish? You know because what I mean? Because we're lazy. Because we're lazy. So the night before that she was... And, and I wonder what the juvenile laws are for that. I don't... You know what I mean? Because at 18, records are sealed. Yeah. I wonder what, I mean, I wonder what the motivation behind that was, what the reasoning was, but in my mind, it's like it doesn't fucking matter. No. It shouldn't matter. Like, plea deals are so stupid, so ridiculous to me when we're, you know, when you throw people who, you know, are smoking a little bit of weed in jail for three years or whatever, but people like this, you know, we throw the book at people who are doing victimless crimes, mm-hmm. but this one we're like aggravated assault here. Six After we've probation. stalked. And $80,000, have a great day. Yeah. After we've stalked, harassed, and shot a woman. Right. That's fine. It's casual. It's fine. 
So during all this jail time, like as he's like, Joey's like 100%, I've never slept with her. We don't have a relationship, blah, blah, blah. They break up. She's like, you're not even standing by me. I do all this for us and you're not even like saying the truth. So that she starts dating a new guy. Oh. And the night before her plea, the night before she was going to plead guilty, she went to visit her new boyfriend, 30-year-old Jesus Paul Christ. Mackey, who owned a local gym, and she offered him oral sex and asked him to marry her. She's like, I'll give you a blowjob if you marry me. <laughs> what did he say? They did not get married. <laughs> he probably said yes to get the blowjob and then said no. But Sorry, I am on it today. At his gym, there was cameras. And the police went and got the, got the videotapes. And she was quoted saying, I want my name in the press because I can make a lot of money. I figure if I'm going to have to go through all this pain and suffering, I'll be getting a Ferrari out of it. Wow. Like I said, it's all on tape. Um, so she knew she was going to jail and she wanted to be able to see her boyfriend, Paul. Um, but at that time, the only way she'd be able to see him is if they were married. And that's why she was trying to, like, get him to marry her. Uh-huh. And he was like, you might be crazier than I thought you were. I really just wanted a blowjob. I just wanted the blowjob. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the fisher Bachado story um, would play out in the tabloids every day for the next four months. Yep. Um, and became the punchline of everywhere from Saturday Night Live to Living in Color with David Letterman. Um, who would squeeze um, squeeze laughs by simply just muttering Joey's name. Yep. Everybody would, like, giggle and chuckle about him. Yeah, because it's so funny. But it's uh, true. Yeah. So, um, Joey tried to gain a little bit of sympathy, calling Howard Stern to say that he was very faithful to his wife. And when Stern asked about the report that Amy had been, um, had seen, been seen at his house during the time of the affair, Joey denied that that ever happened. And he was quoted saying, That's insane. When my kids heard that report, where she claims um, to have said that my kids used to call her Aunt Amy, my son, who's 12, went completely nuts about this. So you're claiming that the papers are, and then so, okay, so then he said, Howard Stern said, so you're claiming that, that the papers are lying, that you, the calling you Amy's lover? He said, absolutely. Because it came out that, like, he had been sneaking Amy into the house, and his kids called her Aunt Amy, and, like, she had been at the home whenever Mary Jo was at home, and Amy was like, I know his children. Like, I'm not lying. Like, she's not home. I'm there. I'm Aunt Amy. And so he's like, that never happened. I'm a faithful, amazing husband. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're just amazing. And let's just think about that here, too. His oldest child is 12. He started sleeping with her when she was 16. So four years older than your son is. Mm -hmm. Do we, dad, do we not see a problem with that? Clearly not. Clearly not. So in early December, Judge Goodman would sentence uh, Amy to, um, sentence her to the maximum of 15 years, describing um, her shooting of Mary Jo like a, quote, wild animal that stalks its prey motivated motivated by lust and passion. Mm -hmm. She served seven. We see it time and time again. Yeah. She served seven years. The driver of the Black Thunderbird, who drove the getaway car, as well as sold her the gun, got four months. Four months? Mm-hmm. Accessory to murder gets you four months? Yep. Four wow. Months. And Joey was arrested for statutory rape, which he would take a plea deal. Again. And would get sentenced to six months in five, uh, six months to jail at five years probation. Oh, cute. She had her jaw shattered. And is paralyzed on one side of her face. She's lucky to be alive. She has if a that bullet. girl knew how to shoot a gun, she would be dead. She had a has to this day a bullet in her neck. Oh my god! That like, I mean, if that bullet moves ever, which could happen, yeah, it could kill her. It could paralyze her. Like, mm-hmm. well, seven years, four months, and six months. That seems. Wow, justice served. Yeah. So after her release from prison, Amy became a columnist for the Long Island Press. Um, her She wrote a biography called If I Knew Then, who was written by um, Robbie Wooler and published in 2004, and it became a New York Times bestseller. Of course. 
2003, Amy would marry Louis, uh, Louis Bellera, and the couple would have three children together, but divorced in 2015. Um, I do kind of feel bad because there's a lot of reports that, like, her kids, because all of their parents, like, knew, like, like you said, everyone knows the name, Amy Fisher, yeah. um, wouldn't let their kids play with the, her kids. Like, her kids were very ostracized for that. And that stuff always does make me sad because, like, the crimes of your parents are not yours. Like... I get, like, maybe not letting your kid, like, go to their house, but, like, not letting your kids talk to them at school or eat with them at lunch. Like, um, do you disagree with that? I disagree with that, and this is why. Because would you want your child to be friends with a child of a mother who's that unstable, who tried to kill someone? Like I said, my kids would not be going to her house. But, but would it matter? I don't, I don't want my kids around people who are potentially dangerous. But it's not also kind of sad. Uh, you know, yes, because, but, but that's the thing. That's the thing, is it's generational trauma. Yeah. Our decisions affect our children. Our decisions and the things that we do affect other people. Yeah. And if you're not going to have the forward thought of how that's going to affect other people, in the present and down the line, that's on you, boo. Like, yeah. that's that's your gig. But just looking from the children's perspective, that, I, like, it breaks my heart a little bit. Like, it makes me sad. I'm like, these poor, like, little kids that, like, literally didn't even ask to be born and are, like... Yeah. Can't have any friends because, like, their mom's a piece of garbage. Like... Yeah. Sad. I mean... It's sad. <laughs> okay, but then again, put it in perspective of what you can, of, of, in a way that you can relate and you can understand. You've dealt with it your whole life, too. Your dad was a cop. Yeah. How did that reflect on you? Yeah. Did you get ever get invited to parties? No. Nope. Why? Because your dad could bust you or somebody could find out and there would be consequences. Like, it happens to everyone yeah. on a different level. This is just their level. Yeah. I still just thought it was kind of sad. That's all. It, I just wanted yeah, to put I that mean, out it there. it is sad, but it's something that every child deals with. And yeah. really, I mean. Yeah. So in 2006, Amy um, was reunited with Mary Jo um, in a sessions televised for Entertainment Tonight. And it spin, spin off The Insider. Amy said that she wanted to heal and move on with her life. But however... Two years after they met up and she was like, I'm sorry. Like, I just want to heal. I want to move on. Like, you know. She met with who? With Mary Jo. Mary Jo met with her? On Insider. Oh, wow. Which you've seen that some from time to time. Like, the redemption story or, like, the victim getting their apology, blah, blah, blah. And usually they get a big payout for it, you know. So, after her big uh, national TV apology and wanting to heal and move on, blah, 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 blah. Two years later, Amy said that she felt, quote, no sympathy for Mary Jo. Without giving any explanation. Oh. So, apparently that apology was very heartfelt. Hmm. Um, Amy and Joey would also eventually be reunited for the first time in 2006 at the lingerie bowl for the coin toss. Cute. Mm-hmm. Seems fitting and appropriate for them. Yep. Um, in May of 2007, Amy and Joey met for dinner in Port Jefferson, Long Island, in what um, TV, TV producer David Curruff said was an attempt to um, develop a reality TV show surrounding them. In June and July of 2011, Amy appeared as a cast member in the fifth season of the reality TV show Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. Mm -hmm. And then in um, January 12th of 2009, Amy would release her pay-per-view adult film, Amy Fisher, Totally Nude and Exposed. (laughs) <laughs> Why am I so surprised? Yep. So she signed a deal with Lee Entertainment to become a stripper doing club shows at least once a month. And Amy had planned to strip until her fans told her, like, to put her clothes back on, pretty much. That was her, that was yeah. her whole thing. Um, so, to this day, she still does porn. As a mother of three. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she is also so clearly. I mean, you feel sympathy and pity for her children, but she doesn't. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, um, she's also got like a working title: "The Making of Amy Fisher, the Porn Star." Like, coming out with movies left and right. Yeah, let's just call her a whore. What she is. So sorry. 
She now isn't doing like full blown porn anymore, I guess. She's doing webcam modeling. Webcam modeling. Which, let's call a spade a spade. Jesus. You're just doing porn without somebody with you. (laughs) I'm sorry. I guess. It's all you've got. Do it. I mean, it's it's all you've got. It's all you are. So, so that's kind of where she's been. Now, Mary Jo and Joey um, moved to Southern California after everything, after they the stayed trial. together. Yep. She stayed um, defensively loyal to her husband for several years. She even defended him when he was arrested in 1995 for sexual solicitation in Los Angeles. So, hasn't changed He much. does not deserve her. No. He does not deserve her. No. So, during this time, Mary Jo consistently blamed others, um, such as Amy, instead of her husband, the prostitute that he solicited. She blamed everybody else except Joey. Um, But eventually, she would file divorce papers um, on February 3rd of 2003. Good for her. Good for her. In 2006, Mary Jo underwent um, facial reanimation procedure with a plastic surgeon involving um, static facial suspension, a facelift, and eye lift procedures. Uh-huh. These surgeries restored balance and gave her back her, like, ability to smile. Um, Please, God, tell me that she found a, that somebody rode in and took care of her. Hang on. <laughs> um, next was surgery to widen her ear canal, which improved her hearing and prevented future infections. Uh she also underwent physical therapy to strengthen her facial muscles, which she explained on an imp- appearance with Oprah Winfrey. And Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Mary Jo is still paralyzed on one side of her face and deaf in one ear. So, sixteen years after the accident, Amy would write a book. The um, accident, the attempted murder. Mm-hmm. Amy wrote a book telling her story, titled Amy. Or sorry, Mary Jo. Ooh, getting. Titled, Getting It Through My Thick Skull, Why I Stayed, What I Learned, and What Millions of People Involved with Psychopaths Need to Know. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Please tell me it was a bestseller. She, uh, didn't say, so probably not. She was inspired to write the book after her son referred to her ex-husband as a psychopath. Her son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They always hold, they always yeah. hold them, kids Children always hold them apart, accountable. Yep. Yeah. So not knowing what the word meant, um, she looked it up and had a realization which led to her going public with her story. Um, The title of the book comes from uh, a saying that her mother used to say to her, quote, when are you going to get that through your thick skull? Yep. Uh, The memoir describes her life not focusing on her shooting. She described how she felt manipulated to stay with a person who was a psychopath. And Booklist called the book, which was published in July of 2009, quote, strangely compelling, and said, quote, readers will want to know why did she stay with him. Yeah. So um, Mary Jo had two children, Paul and Jessica, Mm -hmm. and in 2012 um, she married Stu Tendler um, in Las Vegas, but he died of cancer in 2018. But did he love her? He did love her. Did he take care of her? For three years. Isn't that sad? For what? Three years. That's it. And then he died of cancer. So she almost got her happily ever after. Wow. That's sad. See, now that part is sad to me. She almost got it. Uh, I wonder what she's doing now. I don't know. The latest update was from the wedding that I could find. Yeah. I want to buy the book. I want to read the book. I do too. So, maybe we'll do a little update after we read the book about why she decided to stay. From her own words. That's awful. I hate that story so much. I hate it. So, there's kind of... I kind of... I wanted to, like, touch on it, but I think it's interesting to see the aftermath. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how we started this episode talking about women supporting women and how impressive that was and, you know, and how moved I was by that. And then you get a story like that where it's just like, you know... If your if your man's got a wife or another girl or whatever, he's not a man if he's messing with you. Straight up. And what the hell with men not taking care of women? But then look at her, like porn star, escorts, like her entire and I mean, it's what we can do. Like women will never go hungry because we have our bodies. 
and men are Jesus Christ. I mean, did we kind of expect anything different, though? Because, I mean, like we were saying, the media made it all about sex. And she was right on the coattails of that after she got jail, out of yeah. jail. What did we think she was going to do? She's probably made a shit ton of money. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And Because her- it's the morbid curiosity. It's the, like, she's beautiful. I'll, I mean, I'll give her that. She's a beautiful woman. But, like... On the outside. She's a really, she's really, really gross on the, on the inside. inside. 100%. Yeah. But, like, for men... It's disgusting. <laughs> like, that's what... Joey did not deserve her. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Joey's doing. Who I don't cares? really care. I didn't feel like... Whatever. Who cares? He's probably still screwing whores and... Probably. Whatever. Disgusting. Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah. I hope she's I hope she's okay. Yeah. I hope Well, and I'm glad that her like their kids like realize what like a fuck their dad is too. Well, and kids always do. Like you think you're you, you think you're running game and you think you're being sly and let me tell you. Kids notice everything. They know way more than than you think they do and your children will hold you accountable. Yeah. So I'm glad that they know that he's disgusting. And and the whole the whole way through it, he was he was a victim. Like the way that the Poor way baby that Joey. some men can rationalize and justify their crappy ass behavior, <sighs> like it doesn't matter. It and obviously he was sleeping with her. It doesn't matter to me if you're screwing her or not. If you're giving her the impression that you're interested in her, you're out of line. Mm-hmm. Well, I forgot to mention this too. So, like I said, they moved to Southern California. And that was because Joey said, the media coverage is just getting too out of hand. We need to, like, move somewhere smaller and quieter. Fresh start. Fresh start. And then you moved to California. You knew what you were doing. You were, like, soaking up your 15 minutes as long as you could. Yeah. I'm sorry. Why else are you moving to California of all places? Bad press is still press. We need to take some more smaller... And narcissists love the attention, whether it's good or bad, right? Disgusting. Well, that definitely, that definitely helps my opinion and my whatever of men. And I'm not, like, all men are not like that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just on a kick this morning. <laughs> so, there you go. There's your... Well, thanks for bringing that, Sam. Happy good morning us. story. All right. Like we said, follow us on Instagram. Um, email us. It's the Suspended Sentence Podcast at Gmail. And our Instagram is the Suspended Sentence Podcast. Perfect. See you soon. Stay safe.